Welcome to That's Good Sports. I am Brandon. The surest sign that the apocalypse is near is when the NFL and cat videos become the same thing, Perna. Since we are force-fed Cowboys primetime games like Fogwa, all we can be thankful for is that the world has Kevin Harlan as an announcer when cats or fans run onto the field. He's Who brought walking. the cat? He's walking to the three. <laughs> He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW, people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive, kind of like Barkley and Elliott. Now compare that with Booger McFarland, who has no clue what to do when gold is handed to him. Maybe, maybe we should. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what are we doing here? You know what you're not doing, Booger? Your job. There are two NFL players who were thrilled to see that cat on the football field and instantly take over the football meme space. Also, I don't know if Dak Prescott is terrified of cats or if he eats them. By the way he looks here, I think he's scared of how much he likes eating them. I do have some big NFL news today concerning Nick Foles, Cam Newton, the Chargers moving to London. All that on. Let's get it, sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Ever see an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. And their website is so easy, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a small, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's UntuckIt.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Nick Foles is the new Jaguars starting quarterback, and that means Gardner Minshew is headed to the bench. And what a lucky bench that will be. I'm as much of a Nick Foles fan as anyone, but I think this decision is maybe a little bit short-sighted by Doug Marone after one bad game from Minshew. Doug Marone, like a lot of women, is choosing size over style. Minshew wasn't as bad as his stats would suggest in the Jags-Texans game. It was a close game until the third quarter, and Gardner's picks came because he was desperately trying to make plays late. Jacksonville was five dropped passes short of being within a score before Minshew became yesterday's news. It's fair to give a rookie quarterback a couple of mulligans, and before this game, Minshew had a touchdown to interception ratio of 13 to two. On the flip side though, this is the perfect time to start Nick Foles and watch him lead you to a Super Bowl win over the Patriots. Now Cam Newton is headed to injured reserve, ending his season. 
but I can't help but wonder if the Panthers still make this decision if Kyle Allen wasn't playing as well as he has been this season. He's 5-1, and one, and his stats look pretty similar to, oh, weird, Gardner Minshew. For whatever reason, it seems like Christian McCaffrey has exploded with Allen in the lineup, probably because the Panthers are able to work more from under center and that Allen has better short throw accuracy than Cam. It's amazing how much a team will suddenly care about a player's health, though, when they have a viable replacement for him. If Kyle Allen keeps winning, it's not a stretch that Cam could definitely be done in Carolina. Done in Carolina, though, is the fine title of a country song. A country song that could have a very happy ending for Cam and the Panthers. Cam's contract ends after next season, but Carolina can release Newton and just take a $2 million cap hit instead of paying him $21 million. They could trade Cam as well. Many teams, like say the Bears, would gladly pay him to be their quarterback next season, assuming he's healthy. I will be rooting for Kyle Allen, but if I see this guy, Will Greer, step onto the field, I also won't be mad. Carolina, you can do no wrong with your quarterbacks now. After being released by the Browns for calling everyone fuck-ass crackers on social media, Jermaine Whitehead, who plays safety, not linebacker, like I said multiple times yesterday, but that was because of a misleading tweet I read, has officially apologized for threatening to fight or kill people or whatever. I'm a simple man, and I live by a simple set of rules. If you call someone something as funny as fuck-ass cracker, you never apologize for it. If we go all the way back to August, we will remember that Antonio Brown was released after calling Mike Mayock a cracker. If you want job security in the NFL, never say cracker and never kneel. And above all else, never kneel on a cracker. The Chargers and the NFL are considering London as a home for the team. That's right, the Los Angeles London Town Chargers. They would consider the possibility of relocating to London because they are second fiddle in LA. Is there anything worse than being second fiddle? Well, I guess third fiddle and fourth fiddle and of course fifth fiddle, then you have sixth fiddle. Nothing's worse than seventh fiddle though, but eighth fiddle is worse than seventh fiddle. Ninth fiddle, 10th fiddle, 11th fiddle, 12th fiddle, 13th fiddle? Fuck, I wouldn't want to be 14th fiddle, but 15th fiddle, that would be the fucking worst. 16th is worse than fucking 15th fiddle though. But fiddler on the roof may be worse than them all. I mean, fiddler on the roof so bad, it doesn't even get a number. Philip Rivers and the league agreed that they would wait to move the Chargers to London once he retired. Both parties conceded that the moving costs for a Rivers family would be astronomical and detrimental to Philip and to the league's finances. Also, they would be unable to find a plane large enough to fly his whole family at once without crashing into the Atlantic. My favorite joke, though, came from Instagram. PBAR21 writes, Rivers could easily just build a raft out of all of the condoms he's never used and float to London. Stop writing better jokes than me, internet. The Chargers to London makes sense because they really have no fans in LA. But moving a West Coast team to London without a divisional regrouping doesn't make any sense. According to The Athletic, the NFL would move the Texans to the AFC West and the Chargers to the AFC South because... Nothing says American South like London, England. How much does the NFL hate the Broncos to gift them two games a season against Deshaun Watson? 
I think I would rather just fly to London once a season over restricted Iranian airspace. Then we will find out who's the real no-fly zone. That said, I just wasted your time. According to Eric Williams, this is what Dean Spano said about the move to London. It's total fucking bullshit. We're not going to London. We're not going anywhere. We're playing in Los Angeles. This is our home, and this is where we are planning to be for a long fucking time, period. And that, for the first time on That's Good Sports, is a real quote that I did not doctor with unnecessary swear words. Urinating Tree is going to have a field day with this. All I will say to Spanos is, LA is not your home. Also, London Calling has to be Dean Spanos' least favorite song. The Raiders may actually be winning the Khalil Mack trade right now. That's the amazing thing about big trades in the NFL. For a while, one team can be losing, and then suddenly the other team sucks, and the Raiders now have the 10th and 16th picks in the 2020 draft. The Bears can't even tank for a quarterback at this point because it will just go to Oakland. And as Adam Rank pointed out on my show yesterday, I can't even root against his team because every Bears loss just makes the Raiders stronger. Their first pick from the Bears was Josh Jacobs, who's probably worth two of the Raiders' four wins this year. Although they might have two more wins if they took Josh Allen or really anyone else over Cleveland Farrell. Monday Night Football was Cowboys-Giants, and here's my attempt to describe the Cowboys' 37-18 win over the Giants in one bizarre but accurate run-on sentence. It's like a fucking Mad Lib from what I saw on Twitter. Dak Prescott had four wisdom teeth removed during the bye week, but was healthy enough to play Monday Night Football so he could be outshined by a stray black cat, and Saquon Barkley could turn into a human force field slash shield on the sideline, while Danny's dimes got exchanged for quarters so he could run to the jukebox and play his favorite song, Video Killed the Audio Guy, which would make Zeke the Freak even more jealous as he watched Saquon Barkley look like a better running back than him on the field, even though Zeke's team won. Yeah, that's how you recap a game. Daniel Jones' rookie debut has been a mixed bag thus far. He's currently tied with Jameis Winston for most turnovers at 16. As perfect as it would be for a shitty pun, Baker Mayfield is not the turnover king. He's the interception king. And let's just say the dough isn't rising for Baker. Mayfield has the lowest passer rating in the NFL when not under pressure. He's the only quarterback with more interceptions than touchdowns when not pressured. That's a little unfair to Baker, I guess. He's under pressure like 90% of the time. Do you blame him for not knowing what to do when he has time to throw the football? I don't. Baker is best when he gets to use play action and to make one read, but after a while, teams are going to figure out how to game plan against that, which probably accounts for a lot of his regression after his rookie season. And a lot of that goes on Freddie Kitchens, who dressed in camo on Sunday to try and get people to forget he was the head coach. But it doesn't stop there. Baker's QB rating and passer rating are both worse than Johnny Manziel's in his second season. The only time you want to be compared to Johnny Manziel is after successfully completing rehab. The Browns are getting Kareem Hunt back in a limited role this week. That actually does help them because they don't have a reliable option behind Nick Chubb, but it feels deeply ironic that their only reinforcement is an offensive skill position when they have a bigger need at pretty much every other position on the field. And for the remainder of the season, anytime I get the chance to point out just how terrible Adam Gase is as a head coach, 
which by the transitive property makes him a terrible person, I will do just that. Adam Gase was touted as a QB whisperer after coaching Peyton Manning. Manning, by the way, might be second only to Bill Belichick in terms of tricking other teams into hiring guys he's made look great. But in reality, they were just Mike McCoy or Eric Mangini. Adam Gase, though, now has two former quarterbacks in Ryan Tannehill and Matt Moore playing better than they ever did in Guantanamo Gase. Moore playing well in Kansas City, not too surprising, but Tannehill looking sharp with the Titans, that's impressive. The scary part is to think that the one quarterback who excelled because of Gase, the one QB who gravitated to Adam Gase was Jay Cutler. The Jets offense is now 30th in rushing with Le'Veon Bell 32nd in passing and 32nd in scoring. That's bad. And finally, DK Metcalf now leads all rookie wide receivers in receiving yards. Great to see him prove all the doubters wrong. But let's be real, a guy that freakishly athletic, we all knew he would play well when he was drafted by a team that has Russell Wilson throwing the ball. I don't get a lot of things right because of my brain, but when I said the two best quarterbacks for DK are Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, I was fucking right, which totally makes up for the fact that I also said if a black cat ever runs onto the football field, Booger McFarland will finally shine as an announcer. To bring the ghost back to get rid of the cat. Boy, did I get that one wrong. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports NFL News Updates. Please subscribe here on the YouTubes. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna if you want to have rational, hilarious, irrational football conversations. We can do it there. At Wilkie6, give him a follow he helps me write football this is your daily nfl podcast of that's good sports it's football that's good